Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fanthropological, the podcast that explores the breadth of human fandom. My name is Nick G, and today on the show, we're going to attempt to tackle the question, where does fandom end? Here with me to tackle that question are my two best friends, Nick T. Yo! And Nick Z. Uh, hoi hoi. Guys, wither the end of fandom. Like, how do you answer a question about where things end when you, like, don't even know where they begin, man? <laughs> yeah. Like, fandoms can just go on forever, you know? Doctor Who and wrestling and comics can. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, okay. So, in all seriousness, this is actually really tricky to even parcel out, to, to take into little pieces and, and figure out what you even want to talk about. Because specifically with the, the media things that you, you mentioned, Doctor Who goes on forever. That's a media franchise. It's a business. Of course, it can go on as long as it's making money. And that's that's kind of different than a fandom, right? Like, uh, I'm a fan of Reboot, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a bad example because it came back and nobody wanted that. Maybe that's a great example, actually, now that I think about it. But there's lots of shows that like came and went, and that's it. They're done. They're gone. And the wonderful thing about living in the current age is that you can enjoy media that happen from pretty much anywhere, probably anywhere from earlier than the 1800s to the present. Which is magical. We live in the perfect time to mm-hmm. consume media. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of a pandemic, the perfect time. Uh, yeah. yeah, but like that—that that means that you know, uh, I'm I'm going to use an example that I have very little experience with, but I think both of you do. Uh, Twin Peaks. You can come mm. into Twin Peaks right now, and whatever twists and turns that show up are like brand new to you. They're revelatory. And you can reach out and try to find those fans. You're like, oh, why isn't anybody talking about this? And the answer is you're like 20 years too late. People are still talking about Twin Peaks. Sure. But like the big hype when it was when it was the most mainstream, when it was the most popular was like 20 years ago. That that time has mostly passed. 30, actually. Well, fine. <laughs> what year is it? There's definitely a Peaks mania in the uh, early 90s. It was David Lynch invented the mix, the mystery box. It was in Darkwing Duck. <laughs> there was a Twin Peaks Darkwing Duck episode, and I would not be surprised if there were like references and Animaniacs and and all those kinds of shows, uh, Tiny Toons, all that. Those are kids shows. The Simpsons definitely yeah. had some. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, also on Darkwing Duck, was it called Twin Beaks? Yes. <laughs> Good. Good. Just checking. <laughs> so it's like the question is where do fandoms end? It's like anywhere fandoms ending is like this weird chrono trigger esque end of time situation, which is every point in time leads to the end. But that also means that they end at no particular point in time. I'd actually like to take Twin Peaks as like a little, little micro investigation here. Cause having, having watched all Twin Peaks and been around a bit of the fandom, I feel like there's an unspoken connection with all Twin Peaks fans. And, and there's an agreement there. And the agreement is, once we get all the answers, we'll be done with Twin Peaks. <laughs> but they know that they will never get the answers, and they love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the best, best lie that you can tell yourself. Exactly. For what it's worth, Twin Peaks Season 3 may be one of the most perfect endings I've ever seen. <laughs> in that it did not give you answers. There are probably lots of people who'd be like, oh, where's Season 4? Where is that season coming that all the answers will be in? There's still a lot of people wondering about that season four. But even if that comes, there still won't be answers. It's all about the mystery. Exactly. And that that plays like, I mean, as the fandom will definitely have shrunk since the 90s when everyone was watching it. Mm -hmm. 
but there's still people hanging on for that thing. The the Coachella that was uh, Game of Thrones is now deserted and is just trash <laughs> left on the ground by comparison. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. That's fascinating because it shows like how it shows how much goodwill can be built up, how much interest and how instantly it can be destroyed. I mean, when when it came out 09 010 you couldn't go anywhere without hearing about this thing. <laughs> Everyone was going cuckoo for Game of Thrones, myself included. And I mean, those, uh, like with Twin Peaks, those fans still exist, mm-hmm. they're, but they're probably more interested in the, the book series. They are now much more interested in the book series. Yeah, I think that's fair. A quick uh, search here for Winds of Winter, the working title of the next book. One of the first results is, uh, is a review score from Goodreads of 4.4 out of 5, just on anticipation, I guess. What? Yeah. I mean, he's released a bunch of it already, right? He's released quite a few chapters, so I guess he could be That's reviewing true. that. That's probably what it is. People were manic for it, and like yeah. the ending just fell off a cliff. I was one of those where, in the season before, I'm like, no, man, it's still good. It's still good. This just changes a little. They don't have any books to work off of. It's still it's just <laughs> back into the medium of television now. And then even I, by the end of the I was just like, I, yeah, this sucks. It curdled. Curdled all the goodwill, as you mentioned, T. And people aren't, I don't think it's even going to be mentioned until the book comes out. And then people will either be looking for different answers or the same answers portrayed in a better way. <laughs> Similarly, talking about fandom's ending, or, or at least having a, uh, having definitely being decimated, I'm wondering what's going to happen with Harry Potter fandom. I think today, as of this recording, Fansplating released an episode talking about, like, maybe we should be done with Harry Potter. Uh, And I think I saw a similar article on io9 or Nerdist or something like that. But that's another example of that, where it came out at an important time in a lot of people's lives. Mm -hmm. Huge amount of fandom has grown up on that material and maybe has gone on to other things, but still has it as as a fierce love. And then much like the showrunners of Game of Thrones, the creators have just completely destroyed all that goodwill by being... Just, you know, generally a shitty person. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, is that the end for Harry Potter fans? Is, is, is that the end of Harry Potter fandom? Or will it also survive? It will change. And this is like a decidedly different context. Game of Thrones was like written badly. <laughs> I don't think Harry yeah. Potter was especially written. It was written consistently, I will say. The whole series is of the same quality. But it's like just the author reveals stuff to be the kind of person that you don't want to associate with. And I think for a lot of fans, yes, it is the end. And some other fans might have a harder time with it. But, like, this is definitely a reason to get out. Lindsay Ellis also put out a hot take about it. Where she basically said, like, a lot of people, this will be the getting off point. A lot of people will try and claim death of the author. But that is very hard to do and still sort of engage in the fandom. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember. Death of the author is when the author's intent doesn't matter. Is that? Have I got that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she very, in that hot take, uh, Lindsay Ellis very rightly points out that, especially in this case, Rowling just has so much wealth and influence and whatnot, thanks to the series, that there's really no way to engage in Harry Potter goings-ons without supporting her, even in, in just indirectly. Yeah, I honestly don't think Death of the Author applies here. I mean, if you, if you wind it back a second, if we can go back to a time before... before- <laughs> It was revealed that J.K. Rowling is an awful shitty turf. <laughs> and just using this as a case study, I'm sure there are other examples. Uh, we, we could use Game of Thrones as an example, too. Harry Potter ended. There was a book series. Yeah. It's, it yeah. started, and it came to an end. 
And yes, other things continue to be made as successful media franchises go. That that happens. But like it, it had pretty much been done with. What happened to the fandom then? We know that it still existed. Like we interviewed the hmm. Weird Sisters. They're doing the <laughs> the chapter read along. Yeah, thing, which, which is very popular with with lots of other things too. Or or Star Wars Minute. Yeah. Oh yeah. The end of a piece of media, whether it be a book or a TV show or a movie clearly doesn't mean the end of the fandom, even when there's 30 years past. (laughs) Yeah, like, I feel like a lot of Harry Potter fans, when they finished that last book, or when they watched the last movie, they were like, okay, I'm good. Like, they were in it for the story. Questions pretty much were answered. Uh, Yeah, that's that. But other people want to live in the world. Yeah. Those are the fans that are still there. I mean, I'm just going to largely echo that point. The fans who are still around are the ones who want to live in that world. It reminds me of uh, something I heard, I heard uh, another author, Brandon Sanderson, say on a, on a podcast once when he was describing how much of a fan of the Dragon Riders of Pern series he was in that, like, when he would finish a book, you know, and had to wait for the next one to come out or whatever, he wouldn't stop thinking about it. He would be wondering, you know, like, okay, well, what's happening with those characters now? What's happening in between books? And that, like, led him to doing a lot of fan fiction about it. And I think it's... Something that's very true of, of people who you know, read the, the mainline Harry Potter books and still wanted more. They just go on to create their own stuff, whether it's still in that world or like heavily based on it, or maybe just lightly inspired it and finishing the series with the last little push they needed to go off and make that thing. Or find out which house that is a combination of two of the houses they are. Anyone? You're aware of this. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I can mentally, I can mentally project that, like, if you take any system that categorizes people, especially into a small number of buckets, people will just invent ways to make half buckets and quarter <laughs> buckets. Yeah, it's just like you're a Hufflepuff, or you know, like, oh. like all that's all that jazz. I remember seeing that going around for a while, but <sighs> yeah, I mean, the second point's different, different. From everybody. Some people just want to rip the mysteries out and then go on their way. Is that what keeps so many people around? I think a lot of it comes down to character and like, I mean, not to single it out. Well, I, I don't think it's it's necessarily just applicable to Harry Potter. I think it's applicable to a lot of like fantasy and sci-fi stories. People get attached to the world in the sense that like it's a place they want to know more about or it's a place that they want to like have more experiences in. I think that makes sense because when you think about mainstream popular culture isn't the best indication of like what definitely not the best indication of the goodness of a fandom or the quality of a fandom or anything like that or even the longevity. But I think when you look at a lot of popular media, they they tend to fall within like particular norms. And so fandoms in those shows tend to be pretty fickle, regardless of how well you think of uh, How I Met Your Mother, how it ended, people probably dropped out of the fandom separately from the ending because there's not a lot in that world there's not a lot of mystery to go off of right Mm. like you would imagine some different stories playing out with the characters but really like it's our world there's nothing super fantastical about it and compare that with something like adventure time or steven universe where there are so many mysteries and even though they end there's still lots of nooks and crannies for people to explore uh, despite being like popular culture works. I mean, Breaking Bad was one of the best shows I've ever seen. 
Do you want to watch a Shakespearean tragedy unfold over five seasons? Watch Breaking Bad. It's great. Do I want to spend more time in that world? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I'm quite satisfied with the story. Um, yeah, because it's it's our world. It's the one I'm already in. I mean, I don't live in New Mexico, but other than that, it's like the same. It's a matter of these like these things like around and next to the story that draw people in. Yeah. It's interesting because almost on the other side of things, you have like zombie fandoms, things that will keep going on forever that can't die. You'll never stop The Simpsons. I was thinking of The Simpsons because at this point, I'm not sure if people who are fans of The Simpsons are fans because it's good and got a lot of interesting bits or because it's always on and always giving you new content with the same characters. It's like Marvel or DC. Mm. And I like The Simpsons, but <laughs> I gotta, they'll, they'll pretty much do whatever. I'm going to go I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say I think people think about The Simpsons the way that a lot of people thought of Michael Jackson near before he died. People are like, man, if he dies, then I can just remember that good stuff. <laughs> and the good music from the 80s and i think people feel that way about the simpsons too interesting not a, not everyone uh yeah. i haven't kept up with it but uh, i'm sure there are people that are like actively interested to see to see how it's going to go down but i feel like there's a lot of people who are like man if the simpsons would just end then i can start reminiscing about it <laughs> <laughs> that's a really weird perspective <laughs> Mm-hmm. You can reminisce about anything that's already happened. You don't have to yeah. wait. There's not a waiting period on that. But it's it's like with The Simpsons, it's still going on. Maybe, maybe it will go back to the way it was in the 90s with three acts instead of that weird like fourth bit act on the end and they'll go back to cell animation for some weird reason. Right, right. But if it ends, then it's over. You can remember it however you want. That's another thing that I hadn't thought about at all until you just phrase that endings endings are controversial mm-hmm. this this seems like a really obvious point but people have a hard time with discrete continuity changes going from something happening to no longer happening anymore yeah you're like if this was a good thing why should it end <laughs> but everything everything ends it's like a, a mirror of life right mm-hmm. it's at some point you're in a fandom you're you're talking with people about whatever you enjoy uh one punch man one piece doctor who whatever and at one point you're just not interested in anymore which is also totally fine people's interests change yeah but like we have a hard time coping with a discrete change in things when uh i i hesitate to say when things get canceled in the the cultural sense when people face the repercussions for the awful that they do yeah and we have to confront like our relationship with with that thing that's uncomfortable Partly because we have to face those feelings and partly because a thing that we enjoyed is is over. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also why you get people having complicated feelings about uh, things like The Office, where it's like, oh, it really should have ended at this season. <laughs> uh, the eighth season? I'm, I, I haven't seen it all. That sounds right. Eighth or ninth, something like that. Um, yeah. Or, no one uh, remembers the Office finale. Yeah, yeah. Or Scrubs, which had a whole extra season for no apparent reason. After having a lovely finale. I had a roommate who like only watched Scrubs. Only? Like I just every time every time I walked by the living room, Scrubs would be on. So I've seen a lot of it. <laughs> and I get why people might have been disappointed with that last season. 
it has a really like touching poignant ending and then they have another season (laughs) sort of feel that way about lost (laughs) that one in particular seems like a a weird case of fandom ending like now like at the moment when it was airing everybody's like what's gonna happen next episode like what does this mean all this other stuff and the problem i guess with mystery box shows when they're over is that all the mystery is is revealed or as revealed as it's gonna get yeah for lost it was they were mostly not revealed but i mean i so i've watched them all on dvd i don't know if i i bought most of them on dvd when they were cheap and watched through them and there's like a little special episode that's like 15 minutes long that that takes place after the lost finale that was virtually just reading a list of mysteries <laughs> <laughs> like it was almost that and it didn't feel any better after it i, I say whatever lost comes up the end they get the finale to season five which is the second to last season makes a perfect series finale yeah, it was like Lost was like the mystery box show. It was like the poster boy for the mystery box. And mm. in hindsight, you're like, oh, they didn't know what they were doing up until like halfway through the show. <laughs> there's something there's something about this like idea of like canon purity. Hmm. Like something is good all the way through, then it this is the best version of itself. I don't know. Does does anything actually like is it is that just some sort of unachievable ideal? Yes. Yes. Okay, then. <laughs> well. So write that down. I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't even know what that would that would mean. Canon mm. pure. Like, I guess every mystery resolved. Sure, we can definitely quantify everything into question and answer. I, I mean, I, I, I think when I talk about can, canon purity, there is an idea that every, the TV show, for example, can only have good episodes. And if it has a bad episode, it has tainted the the overall thing. Man. See Doctor Who fandom. See Twin Peaks fandom. Even like the hardest of hardcore Twin Peaks fans are going to tell you a few episodes in the second season kind of, you know, lose the thread for a little bit. Oh, they're, they're so bad. <laughs> so bad. But if you just want to hang out in Twin Peaks, uh, you can watch those episodes and do that for sure. Yeah, and yet there, I guess there's still that idea when somebody sits down to watch something that, you know, okay, we're two seasons in and everything's been great. The story's been building up excellently. The pacing is fantastic. The characters, oh, I love them. There's, I guess there's just sort of this built up sense. You get the, you get this momentum behind you. So far, using the, the terminology we've got here, the canon is pure. But then I guess as long as something is going, there's always that risk that, you know, like this could happen. That actor could like have other commitments so their characters drop out and then some other actor comes in with like a hastily written character that's sort of just kind of dashed off at the last second and i like it it's just it all comes down to just wanting more right like yeah you're still in the fandom because you want more yeah I, I mean speaking for myself i think that's why i'm such a big fan of, of twin peaks and uh and the legend of zelda sure in the one <laughs> in the latter case there's going to be a little bit more but uh, in either case the, the lore around them, the mysteries, will probably never be solved because they're just background stuff. Well, specifically Twin Peaks with David Lynch, he deliberately yeah. does not want mysteries to be solved. No, no, because it's much more satisfying to have a puzzle to figure out and like play around with than just to be told, this is, this is how it is. Yeah, this guy did it. <laughs> I mean, that's like what will what we'll sate your fandom lust. 
like there's there are points there are times when i'm getting into watching a new series and i'm not looking at stuff on the internet and i'm just enjoying it all <laughs> and then and then i go on the internet I, I liked every single episode of doctor who i saw when i first watched it and now i know it's all trash <laughs> that i am forced to watch for some reason <laughs> maybe it will be good again that's it oh boy it's that, that, it's that version of the mystery box <laughs> maybe it'll be good again <laughs> maybe it'll be as good as i remember it it won't Ooh. Ooh, i mean that I, that seems like an unrealistic expectation right? chase like, chase that dragon nothing is perfect it would be the weirdest possible series if every episode was better than the previous episode i mean going back to breaking bad it's all good it's all one story that is great um i mean you get there's some argument for some british shows because they have their six episode seasons <laughs> not sure luck though <laughs> <laughs> oh boy well i think it when it comes to fandoms ending or or shows ending it, we've identified that the key component is what determines whether it lives on or or kind of limps along is you know how satisfying the ending was and i I, there's this quote that comes to mind for me that i think summarizes it pretty well which is no one in the world ever gets what they want and that is beautiful and everybody dies frustrated and sad and that is beautiful oh man from the from the from the book of the giants uh honestly that's all i got though yeah yeah it it might work but you know what if it doesn't work that's fine because it can be a Yes, ending. Well, yeah. well, uh, yeah. It's that is that is beautiful. That's going to about do it for our discussion. This question for this episode. But if you have opinions on where fandom ends, uh, do send them over to Nick at the com. You can uh, check us out at Fanthropological on Facebook or at Fanthropologic on Twitter. Uh, if you're looking for the next cast, you can find us anywhere on the internet at the next cast. We're also in a very short amount of time going to be delving into our charity live stream, The Race Against Time. Yes, we have a brief announcement from our good friend Luca to tell us a little bit more about that. Begin energy transfer. Huh? The war fields seem to be affected by the pendant. Did I make it back? To that moment? There might still be time. On August 8th and 9th, Join me at twitch.tv slash the race against time. Join Chrono, Marl, Robo, Isla, Frog, me, Luca, and a whole cast of other folks from your world in a race against time to stop Lavos, save the world of Chrono Trigger, and raise money for Trans Lifeline. Trans Lifeline is a grassroots hotline and microgrants organization offering direct emotional and financial support to trans people in crisis for the trans community and by the trans community. Every single cent we raise goes to them. In this year's marathon to beat Chrono Trigger 13 times, there will be giveaways, special guests, and more. Our goal is to make it back to the future and raise $2,300 for Trans Lifeline with your help. History as we know it may be changed forever. Please visit raceagainsttime.io for more information about the race or to find out how you can be a part of a future that did not refuse to change. Now, how do I get back? I guess I shouldn't have tinkered with the telepod. If you want to know what we're up to individually, I make synth music, and it is available on the internet at fragileair.bandcamp.com. Keep an eye out for stuff coming soon, probably after the race against time. 
but uh, soonish. If for whatever reason you haven't got enough Chrono Trigger in your life and you want more, you should check out the Zeal Archives, which is my other big project. You can find it at zealarchives.com. Next week, as of this recording, will be the last episode of Season 2 of the Zeal Archives. Have TNG made it back to their world? Has Luca stopped these two morons from screwing up the world of Chrono Trigger? Is Robo fixed? You can find out if you tune in, zealarchives.com, or you can follow on Facebook or Twitter, both at Zeal Archives. As for me, Z, I'm doing a little bit of writing on the side. Got a translation of Beowulf out there, available for download, purchase, etc. at amazon.com.ca.co.uk. Any of them. All of them. All you need to do is go to the Amazon of your choosing and type in Beowulf, a mostly modern verse translation, and hit enter. That is going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. Mm-hmm.